0: Do you ever wonder about the ancient roots of modern day Halloween? Did you know most all of it can be brought back to pagan culture? There are so many cool things like the witch on the broomstick, jack-o'-lanterns, dressing in costume, candy that we can find in our ancient culture. We talk about this. We talk about why it's been sort of wiped out and removed, and how you can take some of those ancient things and bring them into your modern day Halloween celebration. Hi, I'm Heather Wood, and I'm an intuition and ego expert. And
1: I'm Jamie Hayhurst, and I'm an energy healer.
0: We're both passionate about smashing the patriarchy, integrity in the spiritual world, and social justice. This is the Intuitive Girl's Guide. Hey Jay, I think since it's almost Halloween, that we should discuss the ancient pagan roots of Halloween. What do you think? Yes, I'd love to. Awesome. So we have to start with the pronunciation thing. We do. <laughs> because this is a word that I hear people debating the pronunciation. People, people don't know how to say it. And there's a reason for that. And it's not just because we're obnoxious Americans. That's part of it. But that's not the only reason.
1: Right. Well, I I think in some respects, it doesn't matter. Like if you're doing it and practicing it, you can say whatever you want. But I do think it's important to realize why there are so many different pronunciations. That's the cool part.
0: I 100% agree. And don't you feel like it totally represents what, quote unquote, pagan culture actually is?
1: Right, exactly.
0: It's a fusing of the way we all used to um, connect with the earth and celebrate holidays and like move through life throughout the world and all these different cultures. We did it so similarly before there was like patriarchal religion, which basically outlawed and made it you know punishable by death to do anything except what they wanted you to do.
1: Right, exactly.
0: So people fled that and had to like bring their Practices sort of underground and they all like meshed together at that time. So that's why you see so many similarities and so many crossovers.
1: Right. And like you love to say, pagans were at the time of the rising and the dawn of the patriarchy there, they were like refugees. They were, they were leaving, fleeing their homes. And so they brought with them their cultures. But of course, when you, you disperse and travel around this planet, like that all sort of gets adapted as you, Go to new
0: places. Exactly, exactly, exactly right. And it, it you you mix them together and we kind of lose in history where the lines are. But right. at the same time, because we were practicing things that were just connected to our planet, not necessarily like the line that somebody drew saying where a country is, they're all very similar.
1: Right, because they're all really connected to seasons, which every place on the planet has. It's not they're not tied to religion or a country, or like you said, a, a, a line of territory. It's just the changing of the season. So
0: everyone is impacted by that. Exactly. Exactly right. I could talk about that in particular for 400 more hours, but I will move this on. But it's a really important point. Yeah, it is. Okay. So the the Halloween we have today is taken from an ancient Sabbat. Okay. Yeah. Now we have a bunch of episodes on the sabbats, one on just what a sabbat is in general. and then we have on each one we have um there was like an episode with like four different sabbats where we go over stuff. And what? so we go over this one. and so you can go find it. so I'm not gonna I'm gonna give you like a small recap when we get to that point. But what I want you to know is that you can go listen to that too after you listen to this one and get more of an idea of these because, on every soapbox I'm allowed on, I will tell people to go understand this about their own ancestors and history. It's really important.
1: Right, exactly. Listen to that episode and then see where your own personal heritage comes in, where your ancestors were and what they celebrated. That's like where your energy should be.
0: Exactly. Okay. So, the name of this one is the thing that people debate. Now, depending on which culture you're, you're using is going to tell you the pronunciation of this word. Okay. I'm going to give you some word origins, but I know one thing that you looked up, um, Jamie was like that. This really comes from like um, Celtic times and like this word in particular, like we have trouble as Americans pronouncing anything Gaelic and Celtic.
1: Yeah. I mean that, and that's also like to what we just said, my lineage is of like European descent so I have a lot of Irish a lot of English so for me it makes sense to use the Celtic origins and the way they pronounce it is Samhain
0: Mm -hmm. so Irish Gaelic says Samhain now let me tell you how this word is spelled it's spelled S-A-M-H-A-I-N okay Right.
1: right so Samhain is what a lot of people will say
0: yes and I'll get to why we call it that in a minute okay Savin is the Scottish, the ancient Scottish Gaelic version of this. Okay, so I hear Savin and Savin being debated and I'm like, it's both. You can use either one.
1: Right. And just imagine that you're you're just traveling across what is now called Europe. You know, it wasn't then. And you go to one part and you get you get this pronunciation. You travel to another one and it's just slightly different. Those aren't really different pronunciations. Exactly. You're just a little different.
0: Right. And then also a little different is the Welsh version, which is Samhain. Exactly. Okay. Now, the American version is Samhain. Now, let me say something about this. Because normally, I would be the first person to throw Americans pronouncing shit weird under the bus and be mad about it. And, and like, I am always here. But I'm actually going to defend this one a little bit. Okay. Because a lot of how this stuff was passed down had to be sneakily written, okay?
1: Correct. Right, correct.
0: It wasn't being being spoken. Like no one was able to be saying it. So there's sort of this like American version. The first time I heard about this, sabbat, I heard it pronounced Samhain. And it's because that's how we got the information and whispered it and wrote it and like set it in our heads. Have you ever read a book? And the whole time you were saying like a character's name away and then you see the movie and they pronounce it and you're like, shit.
1: I was just going to say that. That reminds me of when like Americans were realizing how to pronounce Hermione Granger. Yeah. Because you're reading it, you're using your own like natural language and dialect when you're, you know, decoding the word as you're reading it. And then you hear it and you're like, oh, my God, that's different. Um, this is like sort of a really big scale version of that. When we were having to hide our pagan roots and cultures and practices, we were just reading these things.
0: Exactly. And also when we were hearing it pronounced as Americans, we were hearing it all three different ways. So right. you, we also just kind of developed our own. So I hear a lot of people get angry when they hear Samhain, but it's honestly, it's so much a part of culture now. Any of them are fine. I say Saween now because honestly, I am Welsh, Irish, Scottish. I'm all of them. I could I could have my choice. Right, exactly. <laughs> but Saween sounds the most like Halloween to me. So I think that was just like a way I just kind of connected it. You say Samhain. So you're going to hear us pronounce it. I might even say Samhain sometimes. You don't know what's going to come out, but it's all correct. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so this is a, an Sabat an ancient sabbat that happened on October 31st uh-huh. now in some places of the world it was a few days before a few days after like for example um, in Mexico the day of the dead that was on November 1st so it was the next day but approximately around this because this is the time that we're watching the sun start to disappear and our, our harvests are coming in like we're we're sort of going this is the end of uh, tolerable weather. <laughs> exactly. Right. Okay. And obviously that also depends on which part of the country you're in because, or which part of the world you're in, right. Because like, it depends on what the seasons are doing, but you know, so you can, you can adjust that in your head if you're like maybe South of the border, they were doing it a little bit differently, but for the most part around this time of year is what we're talking about. Right. Exactly. Okay. So There are two sort of word origins. One is the Irish Gaelic word. I don't even think I want to try to pronounce it, but it meant summer's end. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll spell it for you. And then maybe I'll make Jamie pronounce it since I'm always the one who has to try this. But it's S-A-M-H-R-A-I-D-H-R-E-D-H. I I have no idea.
1: (laughs) I can't remember what you just said. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so what, however you would pronounce that, that's one of the origins. And again, that means summer's end. So that's what was being celebrated. Now, there's also an Aryan god of death called Samana. Oh. Okay? And we do celebrate death a lot with Halloween. So there that's also a possible origin. I'm going to say I bet it's all of it.
1: Yeah, and it's also the death, the metaphorical death of the harvest, right? Like the season's over, you do the harvesting, and then winter's coming, and that's like that's the metaphorical death.
0: Yeah, this is why we celebrated death at right. this year because right. that's what was occurring in front of us.
1: Right. It wasn't Demon. evil, it wasn't demons and, no. and Satan, in which we and again go check out those episodes. Satan wasn't like a thing or whatever.
0: Like, the- I think we should recap that. Listen, I'm, I'm good. I have a little recap of what this, year, this holiday comes from, and that's one of the things. So I'll say it right now okay. in vegan culture. Okay. Again, pagan culture is just before religion. Okay, before patriarchal religion, right? There was spirituality and beliefs, but not organized patriarchal religion. Before Correct. this, this is pagan. There was no devil. That was not a thing. That is a that is a Christianity thing. Right. And there was no no evil. There wasn't like good and bad, light and dark. You know, evil. There were were those things, but there was no absolute of that. Does right. That make sense? Exactly. Exactly. So when you hear that this is like an evil devil holiday, you, that is only if you are Christian. what this is coming from is not is a, a culture and a set of beliefs that did not believe in something like that.
1: Right. This is all about death of, this, of the season. This is about like the cyclical nature of the planet, of humans. This is about cycles cycling.
0: Yeah, and guess what, guys? we are as connected to this planet as we always were. If you're, right. we were, we we're just, we just forgot. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and different things come in and, you know, we could rant all day about what happened to, you know, and why it's on purpose that we're separated. But from Earth and from its cyclical nature, but we were going, this is the time to deal with the energy of death because this is what the planet is dealing with. This is what is happening with our crops and with harvest. And, you know, people died a lot coming into the winter because it was hard to get through.
1: Well, because depending on where you lived, the temperatures changed. They were hard to survive. There may be food was probably scarce if you didn't have that great of a harvest. It was very likely that you or someone that you knew was going to die during the
0: winter. Exactly. And the other thing about this is that we did not fear death like we do now. Right. This is another tangent. It may have to be an entire episode at some point because this this is actually the root of why I struggle or used to struggle a lot with Halloween as a holiday. Yep. Death has been kidnapped from us. It was something that we considered to be transformative, right? Right. We believed that death was just one part of the circle, the cyclical nature of life, birth, life, death, and it just kept going. You would be reborn, okay? That was taken from us on purpose because if you want to control people and really have them be fearful, you make them think that death is absolute. Right, and
1: that they have to behave a certain way to get like a good ending for themselves.
0: Exactly, exactly. Right. This is something brought in, and so we you have to understand that like our ancient pagan relatives weren't being seeing death as scary; they were seeing it as like a, a tough transformative process. And then when they're when you hear that they celebrated death, they don't just mean the death of people. They don't just mean the death of crops. They mean transforming, like change, like going into a different cycle, a different era, a different time. And it was part of everything that they did. Exactly. Okay. I'll step off my soapbox for that. I think that should be an episode. I think it could be. Because we also do this real shit job of using grief or like... Exactly. Exactly. Ming people for how they grieve. We have this really bizarre ritual now for when people die and the whole like wake and funeral thing. It's all really weird and it's really off. And again, I could talk for hours, but I will. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> Just hear all of this stuff from the point of view of having a different relationship with death. Right. Okay. So I, t- I tell this story on the other podcast episode. So if you want to hear it a little bit more in detail, you can, but it's worth reminding you and repeating a little bit because so many of these little Halloween things that we have now come back to this one story. Right. Okay. So this is a, I would call it a European story because it's, it's in so many different cultures. There's little tweaks to it. So I'm going to call it like a European story because I didn't find any evidence of it in like Native American culture or in African cultures. Like it's not everywhere, but there it's definitely the majority of, of places and countries believed this story. Okay. Okay. So this is the idea that on Halloween, Samhain, Savin, however you'd like to say it, October 31st, the old God dies. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now you have to understand that you got to hear God and also understand that the sun was a God and the moon was the goddess. And this is masculine and feminine energy. So think of what happens with the sun and how often it's out come this time of year. Exactly. It looks like it's dying. Exactly right. Okay. So the crone goddess mourns the death of the god for six weeks and it starts here. Right. I would like to also remind you that back in pagan times, women were allowed to age. Can you imagine? I know. Shocking. Shocking. So... Back then, Crone Goddess was the older woman. Okay. Right. And she was considered the wise woman. Like she was revered. Like you went to this like wise old woman for so much knowledge. This was the most honored and savored goddess there was.
1: Right. Exactly. Okay.
0: So she would mourn over a cauldron because the cauldron represented where you would go in between being alive and dead.
1: Right, exactly.
0: Spirits would go. They were they represented that space with a cauldron, and so she would cry over the cauldron, waiting for the new god to come back. Okay, listen to our 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 Sabbath episodes. You'll hear when he does and what happens. Right? right. So you, we now have this image of like this old hideous woman, <laughs> <kicking> <laughs> over a cauldron. Right. Sounds like so you. Hold- familiar. <laughs> yeah. This right. is where that comes from. And you guys, right. this is a symbol of grief.
1: Exactly. Right. Exactly.
0: Made into this like evil, scary Halloween thing.
1: Which is why a lot of us feel this like love, hate relationship with Halloween.
0: Exactly. Why I have such a push and pull with it for sure. Also the cauldron, just cause we're on it. When pagan, ways of life became not just illegal but punishable by death. Okay. So imagine a time this happened to your ancestors, whoever you are listening, this happened to them. Okay. Right. Different periods of time most likely, but eh, pretty pretty much around the same time. Right. All of a sudden the way that they lived and all of the practices that they had that were their parents' practices and passed on through generation and generation and generation, they weren't allowed to do anymore. And you would be murdered for doing them. Exactly. Your culture was being wiped out. Okay. This is when religion is coming in and just taking your land or taking your wife, or murdering you to take all your stuff. If you weren't practicing the way they said, or even if you were, they would, they would decide that. Right. right. Yeah. One wrong move. You couldn't have any of your stuff. So a cauldron, much like a broom, which is also a big part of Halloween, right? We'll talk more about that later. Was this household thing that you could have to cook in. That they couldn't accuse you of using witchcraft because you had that, right? right? They couldn't accuse you of being a pagan or whatever they wanted to say because everyone had that. So this became this this thing that we would able to like sneakily use to do rituals and things with because it's also what we cooked in.
1: Right. Sort of like the adaptability of humans. Like you take everything away and humans will still find a way.
0: Exactly, exactly. It's pretty cool, I think. Yeah. So when you see those cauldrons and there's like green goo and witches are putting frogs in them and stuff, just take a pause for a moment and be like, oh, because actually the art of cooking is the art of transformation, right? So yeah. That was even considered part of death, like death of whatever you just grew, you would cook it and it would be reborn as the meal you would eat. Like this is how we saw death back then. Exactly. Okay. Okay. So in Christianity, they adopted All Saints Day. There's a whole journey with what they tried to do to like have their own holiday, replace this, and it never worked. And it's a whole thing, but it, just to represent them as well, it was All Saints Day and then All Hallows' Eve. And then that got turned into the, what we have now, which is Halloween.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: Um, okay. So also, Salween also represents the triumph of life over death. Yes. This is one of the things that has always felt off to me about the energy of modern day Halloween. Yes, The energy of modern day Halloween is like, it's cool to have like a death scene in your yard. Exactly. Okay. This is why it gives me a bellyache. Now, listen, I'm not saying if you have a death scene in your yard and that makes you happy, you should do that. I'm just telling you my personal feeling of like, being super intuitive, having these like ancestral ties that no matter what will just rule my life forever, right, where I can feel this stuff, that doesn't represent life triumphing over death. And and I don't just mean in like the, like you you're reborn someday or you didn't die, yay, let's celebrate. I mean like the crops will come back. The animals you were hunting will come back. That's what the whole, it was like, let's remind ourselves of this right now before we go into this tough time that all of this will come back. Life always triumphs over death. It doesn't stop there.
1: Right. And and I fully agree with you, but I am someone who has like literal like skeletons on my porch. I have a huge spider on my porch. Like That's something that my family loves to do. And I think partly because it doesn't feel like overtly religious. It it is like that death. The death is like, you don't come back. Right. So like you, you die and you're dead forever. Right. That is part of that patriarchal messaging that there's no, there's no coming back. There's no hope, (laughs) but I love that part of Halloween, but I also feel exactly what you're feeling. Like this isn't some like, it's fun. I love it. It's spooky time. Yay. But there's also something that's not clicking. It's something doesn't track here.
0: Exactly. Now, after I do the recap, one of the things I want to do is to look into some of the roots and go like, how can we, how can we like, I don't want to say justify it, but like go, how do I make these modern practices and things that like, I, I do like,
1: Mm -hmm. feel
0: right. And I'm going to help you with the love of like the big scary spider and the skeletons. I'm going to give you where that energy is actually coming from. So you feel better. But I think, I think a lot of people like you and I, a lot of intuitive people feel this weird dual energy of like, some of it makes sense to me, but there's pieces that give me a bellyache and don't work.
1: Right. And part of it's just that I like that. I represent, or I sort of connect with like being the weirdo or the outsider or the person who's saying like to the man or to the patriarchy, like F you, I'm putting this big nasty skeleton on my porch, (laughs) but it's, it's not exactly that. But I think it's that energy of just like doing something that's different and standing out, which I think a lot of intuitive people inherently feel.
0: Yeah, and it's kind of like an "f you." I'm not afraid of death. Look, I have death on my porch, and it's
1: right. Exactly.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I I get that, but I I I want everyone listening to know if you have that weird push and pull like we do, totally normal, and because you're really freaking intuitive, that's why it's there. Yeah. Okay. And we'll get to we'll get to my PSA on this. I'll just hint at it real quick. you should celebrate these holidays and sabbats however the F you want to. And you are no less intuitive or witchy if you don't do every fricking ritual and ceremony. Uh-uh, no, it's f fu- Do it your way. That should be the thing. I'll get more into that later, but I want to say it here too.
1: Well, the second that we start gatekeeping this type of thing is when you start lining yourself up with the patriarchy. Like you got to be real careful. There, There is an importance in, in, of... It's important to have like to know what you're doing or to maybe try to follow a ritual a certain way. Like yes, y- you should look into what you're doing, but if you're you're worried that someone's going to say you're wrong or you're out, you can't participate cuz you pronounce this thing wrong. That person's in line with the patriarchy. They don't know it. They'll probably be pissed if you say it to
0: them. Mm-hmm.
1: That's the patriarchy.
0: Hmm, and that's everything wrong right now in the spiritual, holistic, witchy world. So the more times we can say, "Do it your way," be respectful to other cultures. Obviously, do some research, but you get to do how at how you want. And the same goes for the other way. Like if you don't want to go to a holiday dinner with family members you don't like. Just because that's the modern day version of what you're supposed to, what's supposed to do, you don't have to do it, baby. You can create <laughs> your own, and if you understand these sabbats, you can take the energy from them and make your own traditions and still honor that.
1: Right. I mean, people are going to be mad at you, but it's worth it. <laughs> it's,
0: they're going to be mad at you anyways. Isn't that like the secret we all learn? Like exactly. you spend all this time trying to please everyone, and then they're still mad because you wore like a you know, a t-shirt that says black lives matter to something. And then they're mad at you. Like, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. Whatever you freaking do, Correct. people are going to be mad at you. So you might as well just do you. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. That's coming from someone who used to be a people pleaser. So just know it's also a journey.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, it's going to take you a couple of years to get there, but you're going to be glad that you did.
0: Exactly. Okay. This is also the night that the veil of consciousness is the thinnest what this means because i hear people get this wrong a lot what this means is that because of the the fact that we have less sun now and that this is the time of year where we start honoring death and transformation on this night this is when the they call it a veil back in the day and i'll explain why in a second the, the separation between being here in this world and then being wherever you see that you go when you die, which for back in pagan times, they were imagining this big, huge cauldron in the sky that your spirit would stay in until you were ready to come back. Right. Okay? So the, that was thinner. Right. In that, in different cultures, they believed different things here. Okay. So some thought there was also like, Scary stuff that could come through or mischievous, you know, mischievous would be the word I would use more than scary. They really were not scared of death and dead people back then. Mischievous spirits, spirits, you know, wreaking havoc, things like that. They were taking caution against, but they weren't afraid of like their spirit loved ones coming. It like it wasn't a thing that you'd be like, oh, my God. I think my house is haunted with a ghost that I don't know. Like (laughs) that was not part of pagan culture. If you believe that I'm cool with it. I have definitely been in places where there was a lot of spirit energy. That could be a, a podcast for another day, but I don't necessarily think it's just like all these people from like the 1600s hang around in houses to scare people. Like I, that's, that's not what this was right and
1: that's not really how energy works no not at all
0: and also why are there no like modern ghosts like they're always old yeah okay whatever i'll get a soapbox but just pointing it out guys exactly Exactly. (laughs) there could be a ghost dressed in like the early 2000 remember those like going out tops that were like really fancy that you like gemstones and stuff on them and like the black dress pants that we all wore Yes, I do
1: remember. Unfortunately, there are
0: ghosts dressed like that, also. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> They're scarier, I think. Um, so, this is when you could communicate most easily with your ancestors. You could bring and invite their energy in closer because the veil was thinner. And they right. called it a veil because they did not think it was like a wall or a whole different place. There was just a veil that separated, right? Right. You
1: could still communicate back and forth through that veil.
0: Exactly. Now this, so this is when you would communicate with your ancestors. You would honor your ancestors, even people you didn't know. It wasn't just grandma, right? Just people in this long line who have wisdom and like get guidance from them and be reminded of who you are and what you know that you might've forgotten. Right?
1: Right. Leave food out for them. Leave drinks out
0: for exactly we were honoring them not going around being afraid of ghosts not a thing
1: right ghosts like crawling up from the cemetery stones
0: (laughs) no not not a thing right as much as I love the thriller video and the whole dance I could do it most of it from memory Um, (laughs) it that was not part of our any belief back then no and I say I say this all the time but our Pagan ancestors were far more afraid of fae than they were of dead people. Yes.
1: as well They should have been.
0: <laughs> exactly. Okay. So it is also this, this time to strengthen like karmic ties. So think about how in, I don't know, I think just cause like you're inside more, I think the energy shifts of being like going within more. We start to look at like, what kind of, what kind of shit did our ancestors hand us that I haven't healed yet?
1: Right. Exactly.
0: What kind of good stuff? What kind of amazing energy do they have that I have too? This was when we would look at that kind of thing too. Exactly. Okay. This is the origin. Now I would like to go over with you, Jay, some traditions and where they come from, and then make some suggestions on how you can honor that in your own life. Now you don't have to do it exactly the way We do it now, or we used to do it, but like, what's the energy of that and how do we play with it? I would like to go over that with you, but I think we should take a quick break first and then get to that. What do you think? I agree. I think that's a great idea. We'll be right back after this short break. So it's season three of the podcast, and there were a few things that are a little bit different.
1: Yep. We're all growing. We're all
0: changing. So I cut my hair. Looks incredible. Thank you, Jamie. You now have curly hair. I'm doing the curly girl method,
1: and I love it. It
0: looks incredible. But something else has changed that we we really need to talk about. I'm I'm really surprised it's not on the news. To be honest,
1: it's sort of earth shattering for any of our listeners. This might come as a shock to you. <laughs> Tell them what it is, Jay. Well, you all know from our previous ads for Restoration Coffee that I was a loyal drinker of a large, hot Rachel with oat milk latte, right? That was my go-to. But listen, times are changing. We're all up-leveling here. We're all moving into 5D. We have different hairstyles. And it turns out (laughs) that my now preferred drink of choice is a large, iced, page latte.
0: So however you're evolving in your life and moving on, you need great coffee. So go head to Restoration Coffee if you're local. If not, go order some beans and it, it'll help in the process. Don't you think, Jay?
1: Yep. Love it. Love Resto.
0: Visit restoration-coffee.com.
1: Let's talk about what we're obsessed with this week. We are obsessed. This mm-hmm. is something I've been obsessed with for a, a long time. I've been grappling with this, but mm-hmm. it actually, it ties back to what we just talked about, about the sort of resistance that we feel internally, the push-pull of Halloween. Like, I like this, but it doesn't exactly track. It feels, something feels off about it. This is this is probably going to make some people mad. I'm just gonna say it. I feel this same resistance to Salem. Same. Dun,
0: dun, dun. <laughs> is this is something that, so we don't live that far from Salem. I mean, what are we I, out? like now?
1: I live 30 minutes from Salem, probably 30 or 40 minutes.
0: Yeah, I live a little further than that, but we live really close to this place. I remember going there as a kid. It's this fun, campy place where, like, on the surface, you kind of look around and you're like, "Oh, it's cool to be a witch." And then you're like, "Oh, but like this is where we literally murdered a whole like gender like <laughs> and like this campy part is there's a part of it I like, but there's a part of it that makes me feel like we're we're kind of like aligned with the patriarchy almost. so yeah, it, it's a whole thing. We go there. we've been there a couple times together. It's just, this is what we chat about. Like, how do we feel? And this feels weird. Exactly. And I think that if you're just starting off in this like
1: spiritual journey or intuitive journey or whatever, I think that when you go to Salem, you feel like, oh, this place feels like fit here maybe, or I like the energy of this. There's also a lot going on intuitively. I know it's like a very loud place intuitively. Holy shit. Yeah,
0: it certainly is.
1: But then I think as you keep venturing down on that journey, right? And and you start to think more and more about it and you learn about what happened to all of our ancestors, that moment of feeling like you're taking it back, you start to lose that because it starts to feel yucky.
0: Yeah, because what you what you're celebrating with this campiness. Now I, I want to say I'm not against the campiness. Like I know some people love oh. the campy, witchy Walk around right. that way, I. This is me, not me saying there's anything wrong with people doing that. It's like the actual, like the re the reason. It's like the the thing behind it that I have right. a problem with, not the people. I would like to make that clear. Correct. But when you're walking around doing that, you're representing the thing that people died for that they weren't. Like witchcraft was never evil. It was never casting spells on people in the way that it's represented to like turn them into a frog. Right. It's not. Devilish, there was no devil, like this is actually just murdering people to steal things that are theirs and to cause fear, so people would align with the church and so it's like you go to this site of this mass murder and people die being accused of something they weren't, and then you're dressing up as the thing that was falsely put upon them right it It just doesn't it feels like this should be a place that we walk around in honor and feel sad and like And say like, we'll never let this happen again. Look what we did and look what we did to women and all this. But instead, instead of being like, oh, this is a memorial and a place to honor, we're dressing up as the thing that like was supposedly wrong. That wasn't.
1: Exactly. Right. And there, you can go to the cemetery there, or maybe it's not a cemetery. It's like, there is one cemetery, but there's also a place where, um, they just have these monuments and they have the names of these women and the dates that they died and they say how they died, Um, you know, like by hanging or by fire, you know, like being burned at the stake, although that wasn't as like common as people think. So then you go there and you have this moment where you're like, oh my God, and people leave flowers on, on those places. And you're like, Oh, this is a really heavy thing, and it's a really dark part of our humanity as a planet. I mean, it didn't just happen here in America, it happened everywhere. Yeah. Never mind all the other atrocities that have happened to other cultures. I mean, seriously. So you start it, it feels like this very serious moment, and then you turn around and walk back out, and you know, people have their faces painted as like green witches with warts on their noses and you're like, wait a minute, like this is right, it feels very sort of disconnected. Yes.
0: And I think most of the people dressing up like that are trying to take it back. Like there's this huge statue to um Elizabeth Montgomery, I think is her actual name, right? From Bewitched. Oh right, yeah. And like I remember watching that show as a kid and not getting it. Like, but feeling like this is so cool that like they're finally showing a woman like this on TV, like, and so you, you feel that. And I think most of the people dressing up are trying to do that being like, look, now it's, it's not illegal. We're not going to be murdered or fired or whatever from our jobs or, you know, cast out by society and, you know, called evil and all these names that don't even actually work in our belief system Uh, that won't be said anymore. So that's fun. But like, but then you kind of miss it by embodying the very thing that was used to take us down. Exactly. Exactly. So it's, it's just push and pull.
1: Right. And there, and there are aspects of Salem that are incredible. There are some shops there that are like truly the, the best like metaphysical witchy stores that you've ever been to house witch. If you've never been there, go there, you can check them out online. Like, absolutely legit authentic place for people to go and shop and get really cool things like decks and crystals and books and learn all about this stuff there are walking tours you can take where you learn like it's not like a haunted walking tour it's like a real like history of Salem history of witches walking tour that you can do um so it's not all bad i'm just sort of constantly feeling that like the push and pull, you know, and which is why I would never go to Salem at Halloween.
0: No. And it's also because we live nearby so That's right. way too touristy for right. us. We wouldn't do that. But yeah, right. it's a, it's a very different vibe. If you go during how, like the month of October, whereas if you go any other time, there's more of that, like somberness. So I agree. I'll just say, I, is there any other place in the world that there's this historical atrocity that happens where like a whole gender or culture of people are murdered that we then like make campy and walk around in costume for? Like, I don't, I can't think of one.
1: I mean, I would love if someone would let us know if there is, because I can't think of one off the top of my head. And that's a very legitimate point that yeah. you raise, Heather. Okay. That, like, no. I don't,
0: I don't, I'm not comparing. I'm not comparing tragedies. I wouldn't do that. And I don't mean this disrespectfully, but like, it's not like at a Holocaust Memorial, you would have people right. like Anne Frank walking around and that would be funny. That's like, that you know would yeah. be. Oh, yes. Exactly. exactly. Right. Again, I'm not trying to compare right. those two events, but like, it's very strange to me that like, that's, That's just like acceptable here, and like I think it's always bothered me before I could even understand it. But then I've also always loved going there and feeling the energy of the place. So it again, it's it's very confusing.
1: Right. It's like it's balancing feeling accepted, seeing something that you identify with being accepted and feeling at home with that. But then right, being celebrated. But then also like making sure you frame it in a really respectful way. Right.
0: Exactly. So.
1: So I mean. So that's where we are. We're there with Halloween. We're there with Salem. And it's just, it's more about like how Heather and I are always talking about trying to make sure that we're, we're walking this path with integrity. Exactly. And so when you start to feel like something feels a little off about this, just look at
0: it. Yeah. See, think of us and how we feel about Salem and how we feel about Halloween. If you have the urge to dress as a stereotypical figure from another culture for halloween just maybe don't do it
1: <laughs> i'm just gonna say don't do it do not do it, Skip it. i'm gonna say it. Skip it don't do it yeah don't be i'd rather you be a ghost don't do anything else be
0: a freaking ghost i don't feel upset about you being a ghost i do feel upset if you dress like a native american and you are not a native american
1: yeah i'm upset in advance about it <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
0: Okay, so let's talk now, Jay, about how we bring the energy of this ancient Sabbath into modern times.
1: Yes, let's let's adjust this. Let's let's adjust
0: adjustments here. Some of the things you're doing, I want to tell you the roots of them, but I also want you to know the root, not just so that you can be like shaming people for not knowing it if they claim to be a witch. But so that you can go, okay, well, if this is the root, this is the energy this represents. So I can bring this to this activity without feeling yucky about it. That's my goal for you. Exactly. Okay. To start us out, I have two questions that I want everyone to contemplate. Okay. Okay. And I think this should be stuff you're contemplating at this time of year. Yes. The first one, how can you honor and connect to your ancestors and past loved ones better? Excellent question. Question number two, how can you honor death and reclaim the energy of death in your life?
1: Excellent. Excellent question. Okay.
0: I'm going to share something that's a little bit part of our personal conversation, Jay. We can exit out if you don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. We have been talking about death in a way lately. It has to do with scarcity. Yes. We (laughs) have. (laughs) been <laughs> so we're coming into a time of year where scarcity is what that energy is the same as how our ancestors viewed death so we're coming into a time of year where we have all the energy of our ancestors the the shit they didn't heal passing through our dna the shit they did heal passing through our dna coming into a time of year where in our bones intuitively we know scarcity is coming were you storing this up to hit me with this in the podcast? You yes, I gave me I <laughs> no warning. I'm like seeing the pieces
1: <laughs> as are talking. I'm like, oh, this is why she wasn't answering me about <laughs> such and such. I'm, I'm fine with talking about it. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs>
0: so then we we are at this time of year where we kind of have to reckon with our feelings on this and so this is not a time of year to shame yourself for feeling that way it's a time of year much like we're going to do with these traditions to go how do I take this like ancient stuff from my ancestors this energy that still flows through me this thing from pagan times where we had to get through this stuff and how do I apply it to what's modern day scarcity? Because food isn't gonna be scarce, but something is. That's the energy of this time of year. Exactly.
1: Something is going to feel scarce because that's embedded
0: in our DNA. Exactly right. So it's much more about going, how do I pull in the energy of my ancestors that survived? Because that's the only reason we're here is because we had hardy ancestors. Okay. That's true. That's the truth. How did they get through to get to the get me to the point where I have this life where I don't have scarcity in the way they did? What was the energy they pulled in, and how can I apply that here into what I'm feeling scarcity around? Right. Exactly. Right. Well, thank you for letting me torture you live on the podcast.
1: Yeah, we didn't even say that much about okay. it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: I mean, cycle, cycles end like that. That's they, well, they don't end. They just cycle out. Like parts of cycles are over and then you go to the next thing. And that's, that's what we're doing as humans. That's what I'm doing. What Heather's alluding to is that's what happens with my, with my photography career yeah. is that it's over.
0: Right. And you feel that scarcity of going into a time where that's not there. And that's that's right. in your DNA to feel that. So it's about going like, that's the energy of death. And so how do I reclaim that energy and not listen to what modern society tells me about it and go back to my roots and find it. That's a good question to ask yourself right now, I think. Right. And
1: that's how you find the intuitive answer that you're looking for about something. Exactly.
0: Exactly. That's how you honor death. That's how you honor your ancestors. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. I would like to look at some of our traditions now. And I thought I would start with jack-o'-lanterns. Yes. How do you feel about jack-o'-lanterns, Jay? Do you, do you do the whole jack-o'-lantern thing in your house?
1: Yes. My kids love it. I love it. I love to see it. Same. I love, I love it too.
0: Okay. So I want to tell you about sort of two very similar cultural places that this comes from. We used to take vegetables in pagan times, carve faces in them, and put a candle in them or next to them. Do you want to know the reason why? It wasn't just because it was like... Trendy to do on Halloween. (laughs) Why? It wasn't just for an Instagram picture. It was because that's how you would guide the spirits on their way. So all those spirits and ancestors coming in, it was a fun way to greet them and to say, here, this is us. So people would carve them in, in ways that were like unique to them so that their spirits could find them or go, oh, that's not my people. Let me go on to the next one. And they were imagining these spirits just like walking around, feeling honored by these decorations. And they were things like pumpkins and gourds because that's what we were harvesting at the time. That's what we had. Exactly. Okay. The Irish would do gourds specifically to frighten away any bad energy that might be following the spirits coming through. Okay. So that's where sort of like the it's supposed to be spooky part comes from. But, again, it wasn't like evil. (laughs) It was mischievous. Right. They were warding away. Okay. Right. Candy. Candy. Do you like to get candy on Halloween Jay?
1: I love to get Reese's peanut butter cups on Halloween. Is
0: that what your mom taxes for your kids? Like you take their Reese's peanut butter cups. (laughs) I call the service fee, but yes, that is mine. Okay. So leaving food out for spirits and also to like, please the fae, fae meaning fairies. If you're not familiar with that term um, is something we would do on like literally every spot. Right. Exactly. Now, Everyone, everyone would do this. So this is where this comes from. And I think it's also influenced by the Mexican tradition, like the day of the dead, they would use chocolate it was a big part of their celebration of this. So I think that that's more, it got like specifically into candy side note day of the dead. One of the things you could do is they would drink hot chocolate with tequila in it on Halloween. So like, I'm just saying you do you, but like you could totally honor that. drinking hot chocolate and tequila exactly give it a shot you see peanut butter cups hot chocolate with tequila you are just putting out something as kind of like an offering to like celebrate okay let's talk about trick or treat shall we yes okay and the whole idea of like pranks and scaring people and doing funny things around halloween this is also ancient to pagan culture Okay, So the treat element comes from this like leaving stuff out for spirits. You also have to remember that you're going to have like dinner together and like you're going to have a bigger meal or kind of feast at any sort of holiday celebration because this is when you've just harvested it. It's not because like, you know, I I hear all the stuff about holidays just being excuses for greeting cards to be sold or something like it was actually like, okay, we have all this food. We don't want it to go to waste. Let's cook it. (laughs) Exactly. Right. And you many times would gather together and share. Like your neighbor might be like fantastic at growing corn and you might be better at growing squash and then you would share. Right. So like that's right. where this kind of stuff yeah. comes from. But so that's the treat element. And the trick is that they used to do a lot of pranks to keep, energy light, because it would become very somber sometimes when you were thinking about your loved ones that had passed away and calling them in. So they would do these things to keep it light. And there's the Lord of Misrule, and he has many different names across many different cultures, but he would pull pranks, he would startle people, he would scare people. And so that's where that comes from. Right. Modern culture, we know the Norse version of this pretty well from the Marvel movies who is Loki right exactly one in the same so if you like that that's part of it now i this is what i was thinking before jay when you were saying that you have like the skeletons and the big spider on your porch this is the energy of that like having someone go like oh a spider or like oh a skeleton that's the energy of that prank to keep it light around the death stuff so it didn't get too somber so you are honoring that Well, and that's actually what it's
1: become in my neighborhood is that now all the little kids in the neighborhood look to see where the skeletons will be, see where the spider is. So it's like this fun game. We're not actually trying to like traumatize people with them. It's, it's this lighthearted, fun thing that builds up to the actual night of Halloween and it's fun.
0: Yeah, I I love it. When I, when we go trick or treating, there's always a, a neighbor who has like this really amazing, like whole setup of their house, like they must spend hours setting it up. And there's always something that like Mm -hmm. startles me or pops out and scares me. And I look forward to it. It's fun. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's all okay. Okay. How about costumes? Let's talk about where that comes from. Okay. I think this comes from sort of two places. One is Rome and the other is Mexico. Okay. Rome would do this thing around this Samhain, however you say it, right? Halloween, Samhain, however you want to pronounce it. Where they would reverse roles, so if you were a slave, you would become the king for the day, and if you were a king, you would become a slave for the day. That's the example they give when they they talk about this in Roman culture. So you would literally dress up as someone else. So like whoever, whatever you were, you would reverse roles and be that for the day. Wow. And then the other yeah. is the beautiful day of the dead celebration of like dressing as the dead and that amazing makeup, and they would do that and then dance around again to honor it and then to keep it like light.
1: Again, it's not a costume to be worn and appropriated, but in that actual use of that, the actual tradition of that is beautiful and and wonderfully Mm. symbolic.
0: Stunning and beautiful and amazing. And then also there in Nigerian culture, there's something called a gun gun. I think I'm saying that right, where they would dress as different gods. And this would happen on actually on November 1st, but right at this time. So they would go out into the streets, kind of like, I believe the word translates to masquerade or a masquerader. So they would masquerade as a different God and like channel the that like energy of that God for the whole day. Yep. Yep. There's so many moments, but this was, this is where all this comes from. So what I just like to say, if you're like going, "Mm, I feel weird about costumes and should I do that? Is that weird? And, you know, making sure you're not culturally appropriating anything again, look at the energy of how this was a celebration. This was making this day not too somber. This was honoring things. So it doesn't matter what you're dressing up as. If you find like it's silly or just a character you like or whatever, you're just bringing in that energy of that lightheartedness and that fun and like find a part of that character that you like and kind of embody it for the day. Like to me, that's a great way to honor this.
1: That's a great way to sort of tap in intuitively. Yes is to use that energy like it's very fun when you dress up and wear a costume and if you can call in the energy you're looking to call in
0: even better exactly and like maybe dressing up's not your thing you don't really like that or like i didn't for for years when the kids were like really young i just didn't have the energy left to like think about it myself right. like and still yeah. just think like wear something that you feel fun in like find a little even if all you do is throw on a pair of cat ears Cool. Call use that. Like you right. whatever however you want to do it is fine. Is my point. Just call call that energy in instead of shaming yourself about it.
1: Yeah, I usually wear a wig of some sort that way I'm not like fully embarrassing my kids, but I'm in the spirit of it. I love it.
0: I love it. My Halloween costume has a wig this year, so I'm excited for that. Okay. Oh. I want to tell you about this very interesting Celtic custom that I found. Okay. Mostly just for your commentary. Oh, all right. Okay. (laughs) There is a Celtic custom where in a parade, the people with the darkest skin would be paraded around town as it was an honor because they considered the people with the darker skin to have more of that like occult, powerful energy. So they would parade them around to be like, look how powerful these powerful people we have to keep any negative energy and spirits away.
1: Well, that's incredible. We Seemed to have gone wildly off track, though, haven't we? Yeah. Isn't that interesting, though? But it really does actually track for the patriarchy and how then we knew that there was magic in differences. There was magic in different types of people. Magic with a C. Yeah. No, magic with a K. Magic with a K. Right. You know, and so anything that felt magical or powerful or like we were highlighting people for their specialness, it was all taken
0: away. Yeah. And I'd like to point out, considered more powerful.
1: Right. So then we had to end it. We had to squash all that, right? Because that's way too much power for people
0: of color. Exactly. Exactly. So I thought that that was really interesting. I also think that judging by the color of our skin now, our ancestors were not the ones being paraded around.
1: (laughs) No, I would be left behind the parade.
0: We were cheering from the sides.
1: (laughs) Exactly.
0: This is also a great time to choose a familiar. Oh, interesting. Okay, so just a real quick version of what this is: a familiar is like a witchy thing you hear people say, and like it's the whole imagery of a witch with a black cat, because cats were very often chosen in pagan times as familiars. What this right. would be would be to like choose an animal that you had a connection with. And and call on that energy. And sometimes you would be with the animal, but sometimes you're just calling the energy of it. And I have made this mistake in my past where I would call in the energy of like a spirit animal or a totem animal, which is not in my lane and is complete cultural appropriation. Most likely though, if you are of some sort of European descent, familiar would be something that would be okay. And it's the same exact energy. Exactly. You just need to use the terminology
1: that's appropriate for your ancestry.
0: Exactly right. And it's not like if you choose a cat that you have to like walk around with a cat all the time. That's not what it is. It's been kind of missold a little bit. In fact, there's this whole thing where it's really encouraged. If like, you're like want a familiar, you shouldn't just go to the pet store and buy one. Like that's not because then you just have this animal that you didn't energetically connected. Like that's not what you should be doing. And it's kind of weirdly sold that way. So what a familiar is, is just going like, this is a, when I'm calling in something, this is an animal that comes forward with energy that matches what I'm looking for and looking to do and what I'm going through. And the reason that this time of year was popular for calling in your familiar is because this is when like the livestock or the animals that you would have would be brought indoors. Yes, exactly. So now you're connecting more with them. So I have like a little thing that you can do. I'm going to tell you the ancient version of a ritual you would do to call in your familiar. And then I'm going to tell you how you can easily do it in modern day life without having to do all that. Okay. So you would take an orange cloth. It needed to be orange. You would put inside of it um, catnip valerian and rosemary, and you would hang it in your house. And then mentally you would sit down and you would call towards you the energy of your familiar. And you would wait, you would do this multiple times. It wasn't like it would happen instantly. It might, but you would just sit and you would do that and see what would happen. See what like... Would a bird fly to the window? Would one of the animals you had make a noise or come towards you or do something or react to you? And then that would be your familiar. And then, you know, our pagan ancestors knew the energy of these animals, so they didn't have to look it up. (laughs) But they would then symbolically go, okay, this is what I need to work on encompassing. Gotcha. Makes sense. Modern day version. Okay. The reason that they were using like valerian and rosemary is because that's what they were just would have just harvested. Okay. Now you can use valerian and rosemary if you want. And I don't think you need to use catnip. I think that that was used to like keep other animals off of it to attract cats or stuff to it. I don't know, but this would be hanging in your house. I don't think you need to go buy catnip to do this. What I would do is take whatever you have. Maybe you have like essential oils. Maybe you have some like dried herbs. Maybe you did grow them. Maybe you bought them at the grocery store. None of that matters. Something that you feel drawn to. You like the smell of. You like sort of the meaning of that herb. And put it in your house. You don't have to hang it from an orange sack if you don't want. You can, but you could just put it somewhere like on your mantle or if you have an altar, on your table, you could just set it somewhere. And then every once in a while, say it and see what happens and see what, and then whatever animal reacts, look up the energy of that animal. That would be a wonderful thing to do at this time of year.
1: Right, and that would look different in a modern day life, right?
0: Like you're not
1: going to necessarily you know, hear a chicken crow, although in your house, (laughs) right. But, but like, it's going to be more like, what then do you see on the TV or what song plays or something like that? Or you, you open up to go read a book and there's, and there's a lion in the book or something like,
0: it's going to be more like that. Exactly. And then when you get the thing, if you're not sure, be like, is this, it? send me another sign. You know, it'll happen to me for some reason right now, everywhere I go, there's like a massive amount of Blue Jays. And I'm like, why are there so many Blue Jays? I didn't do a ritual to call in a familiar, but I'm recognizing that they're they're showing up and I'm really drawn to noticing them. That can be your symbol. Like you don't have to make it bigger. And then you just look up the energy of it. Like I'm not dressing in like Blue Jay memorabilia you know, and like, I don't have the blue jay on my shoulder. I would if one would sit on it, but like, you don't have to go that far. You can just go, okay, what does this energy represent and what might that mean to me now? That's it. Right. Exactly. Yep. Okay. This is something I say a lot, but I want to talk about your natural love of pumpkin at this time of year and how people call you basic and make fun of people for it. Mostly women, because women aren't allowed to like anything without being made fun of, but whatever. Well, no tangent for another day. Yeah. your your love for everything pumpkin is ancestral and pagan because we had a bunch of pumpkins we would harvest and we would be looking for ways to use it and we would be celebrating with it. And so we would be making pumpkin pie. I don't think we were drinking like pumpkin lattes, but I'm sure we, <laughs> we would. Whatever your modern day version of that is, if you want to go to the pumpkin patch, if you want to do fun fall activities that involve pumpkins, great. That's not basic. That's like in your DNA. That's freaking witchy and intuitive. And awesome. Don't let anyone make fun of you for it.
1: No, exactly. Go to the, go do some apple picking, go to the pumpkin patch. I last week, all of a sudden was like, I'm going to, I have a bag of carrots. I'm going to boil, I'm going to make these carrots and literally made like three pounds of carrots to eat. And everyone like picked at them. And my husband was like, what? Is happening with the carrots and I was like this is literally just like something that my body knows to do it's like the end of fall it's the harvest the carrots are plentiful yes
0: and I just have to say that this is for me for many people the act of cooking carrots for everyone would not be like a weird moment <laughs> That's,
1: this is this is a good thing to note you're right
0: no <laughs> Jamie it. is not a fan of cooking and I don't think I have ever, until this moment, ever heard her say she had the urge to cook something and cooked it, and then her family fed off of it. Like, that's not verbiage that comes out of Jamie's <laughs> mouth.
1: It's very true. That's why everyone in the house was looking at me, like, why are we, why is there this big carrot
0: feast happening? It was delicious. Right. So I, I'm just pointing that out if you're like, well, I make carrots all the time. So right. <laughs> but, Stuff like that, you're going to feel more pulled to. And I do think you feel this time of year, I feel it, more pulled to cook for my family. Because again, you, yeah. were, you had this bountiful harvest you had to use up or can or do stuff with. So again, that's natural and in your DNA.
1: Right. You, you do something for thousands and thousands, literally in thousands of years, it, it's something that you just start to inherently know.
0: And it's a really good sign that you're doing it and wanting to because it represents how connected you still are to the earth. Right. Exactly. Really important. Yep. Okay. The broom. I just want to talk about because I hear a lot of misinformation about the broom, Yep. (laughs) The, the energy of a broom. Again, this was like the cauldron. Like we could have a broom in the house and use it for witchcraft. We couldn't have like a wand or all these other divination tools, but we could have a broom. Okay. And this would be used to sweep away bad energy and for protection is what it symbolized. The reason you see a witch riding it is Okay. You have to stop, take off your prude about sex hat for a minute. Okay. And listen. It was used, brooms were used as a phallic symbol when they did fertility rites. Yes. Okay. So women would sit on a broom as a way for fertility try to like call in the energy of fertility they weren't trying to impregnate themselves with a broom they weren't shoving brooms up their hoo-hahs like i hear misinformation no 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 no. but they were sitting on them as part of this so this is why this gets mixed in here because it was like again one of those sneaky ways that we would you know try to practice our own cultural beliefs was with a broom so they have to they have to make it sound bad.
1: Well, and with fertility is also like we talked about with death that death isn't just the physical body dying. Fertility isn't just creating other humans. There's you can be fertile with ideas, you can be fertile with crops. There it, it was it wasn't just this
0: sex act. No, you want which wouldn't be bad at this was the energy of abundance. Fertility was abundance. That was transformation. So you wanted, you wanted abundance and abundance back then was like your livestock giving birth to more livestock, your crops growing again and like, like planting a seed and having it grow all of this was fertility and also continuing your family line. Like, and it wasn't like it is now. So yeah, important point, I think. All right. I just have a couple more. We talked a little bit about the symbolism of apples, but apples have always been a symbol of that cycle of life, right? We've talked about this. They always represent that and often also represent goddesses. Yes. So a couple of things, the Irish would cut apples in half, then do just like an energetic ceremony where they would pour their illness or bad habit into the apple Put the apple back together and then bury it as a way to energetically remove stuff. It's kind of like if you were just like energetically clearing something, it's the same thing. They just used an apple for it. I like that. I kind of want to do it. Can we do that? Yeah, me too. Bobbing for apples is an ancient pagan thing where you would bob for the energy of the goddess. Like you would try to capture it capturing spirit of the energy of the goddess because people were feeling it less because remember she's mourning the death so people would like do this as a symbolic way of doing that apples on the altar to be given to spirits like people believed that if a spirit had a bite of an apple it would like help them go on that cycle and come back to life like reincarnate because remember they're seeing it that way And the apple represents that because, you know, the apple seed, it grows into a tree. And then there's an apple that comes off and you can eat the apple or the apple falls, rots into the earth, fertilizes the earth, the seed grows. So that's why it symbolizes that. So that's why apples were such a part of like fall and Halloween. Exactly. Seances. Now. Oh. This is what it was. Okay. You, because the veil is thin, you would meditate Or go into a meditative state or a trance state, more likely what our ancestors were calling it, okay, where you try to pull in that energy and communicate with it and feel it and honor it and get some guidance. And during this, sometimes people would use divination tools. So there might be stuff out with numbers on it, or they may like use runes or throw rocks at things to see where they land information. And that would add to the guidance. So this somehow got misled into like a creepy seance where a ghost would scare you. And it's kind of unfortunate. Exactly.
1: It's very unfortunate because it's very powerful. If you could tap in like that. Exactly.
0: So if you have ways that you get guidance, even something like maybe use tarot or angel or oracle cards, maybe you have runes. Maybe you just, you're like, you know what? Let me just see what comes to me. Maybe you do a guided meditation and you don't have to do it on Halloween. It can just be around this time of year where you take advantage of the fact that energetically, we, it's easier to pull it in now. That would be a better way to honor it.
1: Agreed. Better
0: than a Ouija board. Way better. And you, know, you don't have to like, you know we did an episode on meditation if you didn't listen to it you should but like you don't have to sit in a quiet room for 45 minutes you could also go for a, like a meditative walk like you can incorporate yeah, it in your life how you want there's no there's no right or wrong here yeah exactly i think i just like to summarize by saying death was a transition it was not scary it was not an end and if anything you do at this time of year, and you want to kind of honor this. If you just think about that a little bit and start to just slowly adjust that programming that you have the other way about this, I think it will help a lot. Exactly.
1: And also just trust that you intuitively know a lot of this stuff.
0: Yeah. And so when things don't sit right, or you're, you're drawn to some things, but you're, you feel a little weird about it just some research can help because there's probably, there's a reason you think it's fun to have skeletons on your porch. (laughs) What instead of shaving yourself, like, Oh, is this wrong? Where does it actually come from? And then you can honor the energy of that in other places as well. And that's really beautiful. Exactly. I agree. Awesome. Okay. I hope everyone has an awesome Halloween, Salline, Savan, Samhain, however you want to freaking say it. I hope you have a good one. And if you do decide to add in any of this stuff or use something to, to honor ancestors and honor death and the, these ancient traditions, I would love it if you guys would tell us about it.
1: I would love it too. Yeah.
0: All right. So have fun, honor these things, and don't yep. let anyone shame you for the way you choose to practice.
1: Can I ask everyone listening to do us a favor? Can you please go wherever you're listening to this, whatever platform you listen to the IGG on, can you go on for us, please? And like, whatever it's asking you to do, like, like, follow, download, rate, write a review. We would love for you to do that for us.
0: Hey, thanks for listening to our episode for show notes and a place to send feedback. Please visit our website embodylove.me intuitivegirls girls. Again, that's embodylove.me slash intuitive girls.